revolutionary sports front, your dirty, nasty, and controversial sports talk podcast for all things Detroit sports and sports worldwide. Here are your hosts, Tony, Joey, Frank, and Gerard, four lifelong friends born and raised in South Detroit. Welcome to RSF, episode 14. It is a beautiful Sunday afternoon, and it's Mother's Day. And uh, we are here to uh, provide... Today, not only is going to... It's not going to be as much quality, because it's a slow sports week, but it's going to be a lot of quality, I promise you that. So we're going to be talking... You said quality twice. I meant meant quantity the first time. But uh, (laughs) we're going to be talking Red Wings, uh, not only a little bit about the team, but... Um, it pertains to the Kentucky Derby and also the stadium being built. We got some news on that. Still got the NBA playoffs going on as long as or as well as the NHL. Um, and believe it or not, Joe Pa from his grave is even stirring up some more trouble. Um, there's some other soccer stuff. You know my thoughts. Uh, we're going to talk about the Raiders possibly going to Vegas. Jerry and Joe wanted to bring that up. Um, the Kentucky Derby. More on that. And we're also going to do our Tigers two minutes. Uh, big day, boys. So I just want to start off by saying uh, I love you, Mom, and thanks for having me. I'd like to second that sentiment, and I'd also like to say uh, shout-out to Mrs. Krasik and uh, Frank's mom for always taking care of me, feeding me when I needed to be fed. Why to make me look bad? But, yeah, shout-out to those all the moms. Yep, all the moms. Uh, all three of our moms. I feel like I have about four or five moms in this world, and, you know, I honestly need about 17 <laughs> to take care of me. You've got mommy issues? <laughs> I don't have issues. I just can't take care of myself. <laughs> Yeah, my mom is awesome, other than the fact that she decided to have a second child. But, of course, if she didn't, we wouldn't have a fourth co-host on this show. So, win some, lose some. Yeah, well, you know, the first one was an experiment, Tony. What about you, Joe? Do you have a mom? You there? Oh, yeah. Okay, I thought we lost you. I want to say this. (laughs) Mom, I love you. You know it. Um, Hey, listen, moms are very resilient people. All right, I just want to get this out there. You know I mean? As, as, As men... We do some pretty embarrassing things growing up, uh, whether it's playing sports or, you know, uh, may- maybe it has to do with a computer or two. Um, but, hey, you know, they- they're always there. They're always taking care of us. And they're always, uh, they're o- they're always looking out for us. Even, even like, you know, as, as-, as uh, young men are upper 20s. Um, when we come home from the bar and try to make pizza rolls and can't figure out how to open the bag. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, we, how many times, you know, Tony, Gerard, Frank, we, we ended up in the Preston's kitchen, um, you know, trying to make drunk food at 3 a.m., and and, uh, and Tony and Jerry, y'all's mom just walks out in her PJs, and she's like, hey, what are you guys doing? Oh, we're making, uh, making pizza rolls. Yeah, well, there's more downstairs. Okay. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, God, we would have all starved had we not known there was more downstairs. <laughs> It's great Mom, parents. Well, I love if she hadn't opened the bag because we couldn't figure out how to open it. We have absolute great sets of parents, all of us. They put like up with a lot. That's Especially sure. our mothers. But I would like to make one comment. We got a quick call on the miracle of childbirth because it's literally how 7 billion people are on this planet. It's not a miracle that we're born, but it is a miracle that our mothers still put up with us to this day. I will say this. Our moms make some banging cookies. Like when I came home oh, last yeah. weekend. yeah. Uh, I, I got sent home with a shoebox, half half of your guys' mom's cookies, half of my mom's cookies, and uh, they're almost gone, and I've almost got diabetes. Well, we're all almost there, I guess. I love cookies. <laughs> all right. God, Enough great. with the sentimental crap. Let's get to some sports. Let's start with the wings, eh? 
All right, so we got the Red Wings. The first thing we're going to talk about is uh, last week we kind of touched on how the taxpayers are playing, paying for the stadium. What's well, come to my attention through one of our viewers that it's Here actually uh, about 60% of the total cost of the stadium is coming from taxpayers' dollars. It's 58 the actual percentage, and it's $265 million. I'm not necessarily completely opposed to taxpayers paying for the stadium, but in Detroit right now, there's also a crisis where there's literally not enough money to pay the teachers past like June 30th. So those who took their salary over the year will quit getting paid in June. And 58% of the stadium money, $265 million, which would definitely solve the teacher problem, at least put a Band-Aid on it, is going to this stadium. How do you guys feel about that? Well, I mean, the way that the money is being reimbursed for the taxpayers, it's, it's going to be reimbursed through the tax on that property, basically. So it's one of those things where, yeah, the cities may – it's one of those things where the Illiches are saying we got the stadium, but we're basically paying it back because all of our taxes are going to pay back the money we got to pay back these bonds that we sold to the taxpayers to finance the stadium. But at the same time, that's taking money away from the city. But a large part of the issue with DPS yeah, but if beyond the- everything else is – just mismanagement by their upper it management. It was just tax money. Shouldn't be going back to pay back for his stadium. That means he's pretty much getting the stadium for free. He's going to have to pay those I, taxes. Exactly. I'm saying it's one of those things where they're trying to say they're paying a pack. I believe it. It's just net worth is somewhere over $4 billion. Cracking off $265 million for him is a lot. But in this situation, if he was a good person, I feel like he should be like, I got the 265 mil. Like, take care of the teachers. Well, look, Or maybe get a company that he doesn't own to pay for the naming rights to the stadium. Guys, we've been getting flooded with emails about this. And look, you, you guys both mentioned some numbers and some points about taxes, and I'm sure you looked them up and they're correct. But there, it goes on bigger than this. And first of all, by being a millionaire, I'm sure, as much as we'd like to think because of the sports teams, all the fun times we had because of Illich, I'm sure he's not the best guy in the world, okay? I'm pretty sure he's a slumlord. But that's how he gets the big bucks. But seriously, uh, when it comes to this, this has been going on for a long time. And is it a problem? Yes. But I think it's two separate issues when it comes to the stadium and this whole teacher's thing with the salary. Uh, you know, this just came up and the, the stadium, of course, is getting brought up with it because this is pretty, pretty current news. But I mean, the teachers aren't are going on strike and not going to school, but the kids haven't been going for years. It comes down to parenting. And this is a big socioeconomic thing. It's a sociology thing and not just about, I don't really think the stadium has a big thing to do with it. That's why I'm kind of staying away from it. I'm letting you guys do your thing with the numbers and the taxes, but I'm telling you, this has been going on for a long time and it has nothing to do with Illich. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I can't believe uh, really too much that a single stadium is the, is the sole reason these teachers are getting put out of work. And you know what? Uh, you know, if they want to go on strike, they don't want to teach the kids. That's oh, fine. Yeah, I mean, they then they then they really aren't teachers because they, you know, they're they're doing it for the okay. money. They should have uh, the uh, and teachers I, are hey, paid hey, enough to just, ever say they do it for the money, Krasik. So I'm gonna stop you there. But they're not on strike either. Goal by Tampa Bay, but um, they're just taking sick outs. But they're literally not gonna get paid to do a job. Like you can't live without a paycheck. You know. Well, since I mean, I just want to ask you a question. Yeah, since you're, true. Jerry's hopped up about this. Since when are you such a? When do you just sign up for the Humane Society, or what, is this just for shock just, value, or is this, shock, is this authentic? I, just, or? I don't think that taxpayers should ever pay for the stadium when it's billionaires building the stadiums. They can literally the fact that Illich could literally afford to build the stadium by himself is a testament to the great wealth he's amassed. And back in the day, these people like Rockefeller, they'd build things with their money, be philanthropists. Illich says, "I want this sweet new stadium for the Red Wings." Now the people in Detroit who are already strapped for cash, who already have ridiculously high city taxes, who can't afford to pay their teachers, now you're getting some stadium put up on their backs, and they get nothing for it. They don't get you don't get season tickets for being a taxpayer. 
Well, it's better than yeah, this, this one might say it's better than a jail. And Jerry, you even said it last week, man. When we were talking about the soccer stadium. Is billionaires don't become billionaires because they spend all their money. They get it from other places. I agree. You know, a, a smart a smart businessman doesn't just blow all his money on the stadium. Then he should find investors from, get, or something. And then he should what? In some cities, it works. Like San Diego, they have it on the ballot this year where the people are actually voting whether or not to build a new stadium to keep the Chargers there. And I don't think their school system is in absolute shambles. And yes, the stadium didn't cause their problems in the school system, but $265.1 million would certainly help. Is all I'm saying. Illich should have a heart in this situation and just oh, help out. Gerard, I love you, man. And I do my recycling on Sundays. But, I mean, you're just living in a fantasy world. You think that's how it works, brother. It's just, what do you think he's going to be doing, man? Next thing you want to do, just go, go around with duffel bags full of money and give them to the guys down there on Schaefer? Or? Well, he's giving duffel bags full of money to Verlander to go out there and be 500. You might as well give to <laughs> It's a business. All right. I, I think you got to look long-term in this, too, because the stadium and the things around it are... are supposed to be you know essentially helping build the uh the economy and and really um you know it, it he, he's not he's not looking to solve a teacher issue in one year here he's looking to help out the economy to trade he's up and clean up the city and that thing's gonna that, that stuff's gonna take time it's gonna take time until the stadium's built you know you got a new soccer stadium coming so that's gonna clear out some of the uh, some of the rubble and put, put up some new some new areas so I mean, it's just the the whole thing with the teachers not getting paid and all that, and the trolls of Detroit goes far back and far deeper, decades, all the way back to like probably even before Kwame yeah. Kilpatrick. But I mean, I'm sure he, you oh, know, his... the problems are deep rooted in the city. I agree, but that's what the, the exact point I'm making is they never should have put this on the taxpayers' back. Right, but you see the point that it seems like me and Joe, and I say we, me and Joe are making when it when it says that it's just convenient when this comes along. Here come the hipsters, you know. They they come with the, the signs, you know. I it's convenient. And it seems like you might be transformed into one of them. I'm not coming over. Take history. off the tight jeans, Jerry. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> I'm gonna uh, shorts and boat shoes. The weather's phenomenal in Michigan this weekend. Put your Levi's back on. Take take that crap off, man. Slap on the degree. Get rid All of the right. scarf. All get right. rid of the stupid I frame I thought boxes. it might be nice to try to educate people. I'm sorry. No, I'm we are educating. Let's not educate. You're right. Let's just not educate anybody. Jerry's ready to make a movement. He's ready to go take, march. Take a shower, Gerard. Take a shower. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's calm <laughs> down Joe, a minute. It's like I like the one thing that Joe did say is like it's supposed to improve the economy. But they've done studies, and it doesn't really improve the economy that much. How will you know? How will you know? No, because they've done no, studies. No, it's no, happened before, the and they've done the studies. The problem is when the... All of these developments are supposed to be more than a stadium. There's supposed to be a stadium district that goes with it with shopping centers where people live above the shopping centers just like downtown. And if that all happens, it will create economic growth in Detroit and will create more places for people to live and all be nice. But really what happens when they build these stadiums, they build the stadium first and promise to build all the other stuff later and the rest of the stuff does, never gets built. And that is concerning too, but that we have to wait and see. If they actually build everything around it, it will be good for the city. But if not, it won't be in the long run. They just have to make it some somewhat attractive to get you know white collar companies, you know tech companies to come to Detroit and work. I mean, like we we were such a blue collar town for so long, and we just ran it into the ground. We we never we never really tried to make the transition. We tried to stick with it. We tried to fight it, and now here we are. And, yes, and now, we're, now we're blaming we really, the new really the new Red Wings it. mecca, the new yeah. holy ground. Uh, and we're blaming the owner that brought us four Stanley Cups and, and put the Tigers into two World Series. We're putting on his back now why the teachers are out or might be out of work next I'm, year. Which they're not even out of work yet, so I don't know what we're all no, pissed about. No, they still have jobs. They just don't have paychecks. It's like they, well, they probably, there's not even any good teachers in Michigan anyways anymore. Your mom's retired, so I don't feel bad saying that. Yeah, we're set. 
she got out just in time. I no, I, I we're all good. I had one more thing to do, but it's just going to take up too much time. I say we just we transition. It's a good time. I got I got time, Frankie. Let's hit it. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I was talking to a, a buddy of mine, and uh, he works at Quicken, and we were uh, going to pick up suits for a wedding, and we were just, you know, three guys in a car get to talk, and we were talking about the stadium thing, and the economy of Detroit, and yada yada, but, um, you know, as far as the economy in the city of Detroit, which we don't really have to worry about, but it's, you know, part of our show, but he was saying that, uh, you know, already things down there are, are starting to pick up. I mean, he said that there's actually some pretty cool... Uh, Stores on on Woodward, and you can act, people actually go shopping on Woodward nowadays, yeah, which no, used to be, be the unheard actual of. Downtown hub by the Ren Center and the Quick and Loan section is coming back. That's where our friend VJ lives. Those uh, buildings got bought by Gilbert. You get a discount if you work for Quicken. It's turning into like almost a self-sustaining community. You work at Quicken, you make enough money to live downtown, then you can shop downtown, afford the nice stuff. That's all working, but the stadium isn't it really downtown. It's a right. bit further out. I'm just saying a thing. Nothing. I mean, I'm yeah. not opposed to the stadium. Big picture, if that stadium, it's because it's going to be down the street from Comerica. Creates bodies. You know, if they put another nice little living area around there, then our downtown expands because Detroit's downtown is one of the smallest of any big city. And then all of a sudden, you expand the rich, and it's going to expand from the middle. That's all good and well, I'm saying that right here and right now, they got to do something to save the teachers. $265 million would help. Obviously, you guys don't disagree with or you guys disagree with me, but we can keep it moving, guys. Well, I mean, Go you green. can talk about Detroit all you want. I was just in Detroit on Thursday, and I was on Woodward, where I'm at. And yeah, Woodward's nice. Take a side street, because you got to go around the block, right. and behind all those nice big buildings are the fucking projects. Yeah. Every big city has their problems, though. I mean, they call it the South Side of Chicago Chirac now because of all the violence. But I was just making a quick point. We can move on. Yeah, we're gonna keep it moving here. Maybe someone lighten up the audience. Time we start with all this cool stuff about mothers, and we move on to like how about Larkin? Horrible situation. Let's move on to the uh, Krasik. Give us a Griffins and Larkin update in our other so, Red Wings news. So I was, I was watching uh, United States and Belarus last night on a, on a 24-hour shift. Uh, pretty pretty convenient. There's a little television in there. Uh, hey, Lar- Larkin looks great right now in the, in the World Championships. Uh, he, you know, it's it's amazing. Last year I watched him. Um, uh, I forget who they were playing. I think they might be playing Belarus in that one too. But I mean, he he's a third line, uh, you know, a third line center in that one, uh, playing against a lot of a lot of good NHL players. And then uh, this year now he's a first line center and he looks like just the the, like the man. I mean, Hend- Hendricks right now is wearing the C for the United States. But I think uh, if you, if you watch the game, uh, you could easily put the C on Larkin. I mean, he he looks like he's uh, he's more of a veteran type player. He's still only 19, 20 years old. I think 20 years old now. Um, pretty awesome stuff. It's it's pretty. It looks pretty promising for the future. We'll see how he does in the in the first World Cup of Hockey. Which, by the way, the commercials for it are absolutely hilarious. I'm very look. I'm looking forward to that a lot. The World Cup of Hockey. Yeah, it, it's gonna be good. And uh, for the Griffins, they're down 0-2 to Lake Erie in the in the in the second round. But uh, I mean, it, it's not. It's a, it's a pretty. They're pretty tight games. I think. I think Lake Erie's gotten some good bounces. Um, we'll see what the Griffins can do at home uh, for the next two games. It's a seven-game series, so you know the, the Griffins uh, just last year were down 0, 0 and uh, I think it was 0 and two or 0 and three in a series, and came back and won the series, won four straight. So um, not unfamiliar territory for them. They can do it, and uh, there's some good players down there that will be coming up next year. Um, and then last note, Polkinen, who. Started out the season uh, pretty well for Detroit, and then really didn't play the rest of the year. Uh, he is apparently lighting it up in Finland. I think the the game uh, they played, the Finland played against Belarus. He scored two out of the seven goals Finland scored. So um, he, he's winding it up. He's taking his shot. There's a lot of room over there in Russia right now with the uh, with the ice surface, that European ice surface. 
Uh, hopefully he can bring it back to the States and maybe do something for us next year or else he could be on the trading block with uh, Nyquist and Tatar. Cool, cool. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's always for good. All, those of us who don't know, these World Championships, the World Cup's going to have, like, all the stars out, right? Like, Patrick Kane, Crosby, they'll be, all be at the World Cup, correct? Yeah, think, think like, soccer World Cup. Okay, I mean, but like, this the World best Championship the best is pretty much that, for the, that the young talent, though, right? Yeah, I mean, like, it's pretty much, pretty much like the Olympics, uh, how, how they do it in the Olympics. It, it's the exact same thing. The only thing is they added uh, a couple different teams. So one is Team North America. So it's all the 21 and younger, I think, or 22 and, and younger um, North American players of the United States and Canada mix. So Brandon, oh, Brandon a, Saad actually still falls in that category, and he's going to be in Team North America um, with Dylan Larkin. I think Connor McDavid's going to be on that team, Jack Eichel. So a lot yeah, of talent, that's a but team very, very I young. Watch. So could, could be good. I'm, who's I don't who's know. the bread man going to be playing for? Oh, wait, he's not 21 and under. <laughs> Kane will be on Kane will be on Team USA. Um, you know, pa- pa- Pavel will probably be playing for. Do they Russia. have an official start date for the World Cup of Hockey yet, so we can give our listeners when they should tune in? It's gonna be September, so I, I don't know the official start date yet. I'll get that for you guys. Um, but it's gonna be unfortunate for me. It's it's kind of a little weird. It's right before the the regular season, starting September seventeenth, two thousand sixteen, at the Air Canada Center in Toronto. I'm yeah, glad, I'm glad go, you so. said that, though, Joe, because I was going to say that is all inching close towards the start of the season. But I think especially for guys that are, young, that are young, yeah, yeah it's going to keep them keep them or an early start on being fresh, playing with world-class athletes. And uh, I think that will actually be a benefit for us going into next season, you know, especially on top of the entertainment value it's going to provide for us as fans. It's going to keep them on their toes just and just go marching right into the season. Uh, this might be a topic for another day. I'm just going to throw this in real quick. And years when the World Cup is going to be every four years like the World Cup of soccer, they should do something where they shorten the season in hockey that year to make it more accommodating for the players. But that's just a quick thought I had. Yeah, that, that does make sense. I mean, they already play 82 games, a very physical sport. Um, the World Cup of Hockey, they're playing for their country, so they're, they're going to be going hard. And a lot I think of it should be shorter anyways. These guys have a whole bunch of – I mean, we obviously have the Miracle on Ice here in America, and that was like a big hockey moment for us being the Russians. But these guys really do care about their country. Like, Pavel's going back to play in Russia while he's still good. He's leaving the wings and, what, $7 million on the board. These players Seven love their country. Yeah. These players love their country. And to some of them who already have rings, I think their country is actually more important than even the NHL at some point. You see that a lot with the Russians. Yeah, uh, you know it's a it's a big deal though too. I mean, think about it. They're they're all the way from Europe. Um, their family's not necessarily family and friends are not over here to watch them play in the NHL. So when they do go home and when they do go to Europe, that's that's their opportunity to play in front of their family and friends. Exactly. Uh, that that cannot make it to you know you know across the Atlantic. So that that's that's another thing too is they just they get to represent uh, more more or less closer to their home turf. Yeah. Amazing. I agree with that. So thanks for the update, Krasik. Any other thoughts on the Red Wings stadium issues, World Cup of Hockey? Anything else, people? I mean, the one Locally thing with the World Cup go, uh, of Hockey that ride. I was going to say is that the World Cup of Hockey, I like the timing of it just because it falls during the NHL preseason, basically. So these guys, instead of playing in a preseason game where a lot of times you know the outcome doesn't matter, all that kind of stuff, and they're just out there to get experience, these guys are playing competitive hockey now in that time of year where I think that's going to help them start the season off stronger because they're coming out of a competitive tournament to play. Sick take, Tony. I just, that, was, that was my idea. Competitive you hockey. 
All right, that, so we, that makes me beg. Oh, I, I know. We're, we're, just let me go down this rabbit hole real quick. That makes me beg to uh, ask the question. Um, so you put all the stars um, in, in these in this big tournament right before the season starts, and then uh, and then you get the season going, and then by the end of the season, you know you're, you're making a push for the playoffs. Um, does this kind of wear down some of the stars? I mean, it should be pretty much equal throughout the league. It's not like a, you know entire team is stacked in one yeah. country or anything. But I mean. It's. Yeah, I mean, the, you. This. This. This makes third and fourth bad. lines that much more important now because your star player, he could be getting a little tired. Yeah, they're by gonna the end have to the rest them and stuff. They're gonna be have to be smart, like how the Spurs do with their older talent. They're gonna have to be smart. If you have like an older player who's pretty good, like maybe even a Taves has to sit out a couple extra games during the season, not play on back to back stuff yeah. like that, to stay fresh for the playoffs. Or, or like Tony said, just not play exhibition. I mean, exhibition can be like your tryouts. And it's like, hey, you know, Zetterberg just got back from Sweden. Uh, you, you you played pretty hard over there. We're gonna give you a couple weeks. You know, hit the gym, get get back, and uh, you know we'll, we'll see you for game one. Yeah, I mean the the teams work through this. They're smart people, but I'm just really excited to see competitive hockey September 17th. I think it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, yeah it's gonna be pretty cool. The jerseys the jerseys look pretty awesome, especially the North American ones. We're all on Team USA, right? There's no traitors among us amongst us oh no no i'll be rooting for team usa i mean if if, if north america's on they're we're playing team some... usa and we're going all the way ducks fly together <laughs> i mean U- usa all the way but if uh if north america's on and uh they're not playing usa i'll be, I'll be rooting for larkin and the and, and some of the north american boys because right. there will be americans on that team that that's the weird part that's true well yeah because america's part of north america all right, okay. guys. On Obviously. that note, we're going to cut the segment and just go on. That's <laughs> good. All right. We're going to move on to NBA and NHL playoffs. Which one you guys want to go over first, NHL or NBA? The important one? NHL? Yeah. NHL. All right. That's what I already got pulled up. That's great. Uh, the Islanders are... Joey, can you break down the series for us real quick? Uh, yeah. So Tampa out. Bay is just uh, absolutely clobbering. Um, there's not much to talk about in this series. Islanders came out strong. They won 5-3, I think, in the first game. Uh, I mean, it was like five to one before the Lightning put in a couple late ones, and the Islanders had already quit. But uh, ever since then, uh, there was some close games in New York, and then right now in Game Five, uh, Tampa Bay's up three nothing. So That's I think Tampa's going to be moving on. The interesting thing for Tampa Bay is, is uh, guess Stamp who's Coast, on the like ice? Oh, Stamkos hey. is back. Yeah. So well, not not right now, but uh, he's literally practice. on TV right now. That's funny you're saying that. So, so Stam, yeah, Stamkos has up. been uh, practicing. Strawman with a broken leg uh, is almost healed up. He's been practicing for the last week or so. So if they get done with this series and the Caps and Penguins series goes to seven and they're, they're, you know, they're busting each other up, um, we could see a healthy Tampa Bay team late in the conference final, and that would be absolutely huge because with Tampa Bay's, when Tampa Bay is fully loaded, man, they're – they're the same team they were last year when they went to the finals and pushed Chicago to six games. So it really looks like they're firing on all cylinders right now, and that's really upsetting Frank and I. Yeah, I just I, I watched the last game where the overtime uh, it ended super quick, and I was pissed about that. I'm sure the neighbors heard me. I was by myself, but uh, that pissed me off. But I'm glad you mentioned uh, the, the Capitals and Pens because I've been really following that one much more close than this one. And uh, I believe they play tomorrow. I know that I was working last night, but the Caps they forced a game a game six. And um, man, that series is fun to watch. Man, I made a joke. That a couple, is good hockey. I made a, a joke a couple of shows ago about how everyone besides the Red Wings and the East are hippies and all that stuff, which I kind of do still believe. That was more just for entertainment purposes. But I mean, man, just watching two good offenses like that go. And the thing that frustrates me so much is that the Caps, who I I want to win it all, 
going forward. They seem to always, they're obviously the more talented team, and their record shows it, but their play is showing it too, and they're dominating and dominating. And even though Pittsburgh's matching them, you know, uh, you know uh, punch for punch, they just come down, and Pittsburgh just can score goals, man, and, and at clutch times. And, uh, I mean, I guess if you're a Pittsburgh uh, fan, then, then good for you. But when you're rooting for the Cavs, it's just really frustrating to watch because they can't seem to get it in the net at the right opportunity, opportune times, and the Pens can, and that's been the story of the series to play for the most advocate, part. He, advocate here, though, the Cavs were scoring all their goals. They scored t- uh, – Ovechkin got one. They got one off a rebound yesterday. Just on the power play, Ovechkin just sits pretty much – the top of the key and just waits for a pass and shoots it in. You, as a Pens fan, I think you'd be pretty upset your team can't just defend that. Well, I mean, there's it's, a reason why he's been doing. He's been scoring over fifty he's, goals he's for a decade. There. Now. I, I get get it, but Krasik suggested yesterday you should just put a marker man on man up there and just take that offense away. Team, yeah, yeah I, teams have been honestly, saying that for a while. I would rather play four on three and negate Ovechkin altogether than play five he's, on four and leave him in the same never, spot he's been sitting at for the last twelve that years. Accurate. Maybe it's because it's always from there. But he is deadly accurate from that spot. No, yeah, he. I mean, well, I mean, he's right-handed, so that that's that's the spot to be at for the one-timer, and uh, his, his shot is um, top, you know, tops of the league up there. With, you know, I'd say I'd say the only the maybe the another the next four that has as good a shot as him from there would be Stamkos. Um, but man, I mean that that guy when he winds it up, uh, I, saw, I saw him do three times on the same power play against Philly, and he finally just drilled it through, and nobody. Um, just go up there and cover the guy. They're they're trying to keep the box. I understand you got to move the box. You got to keep your feet moving. The penalty kill, uh, that, that's important so you don't get too uh, too stagnant. But man, oh man, uh, I, I, I would just I would just put some someone on him and uh, and then go four on oh, three. Man, he's just, a truly just, great player and an amazing talent. I'm glad we get to watch him. But it's just like he's making a living out there, man. It's got to do something. You yeah, that's happened to wings. I'd be so furious. You know what I mean. What are you? Oh, wait, what are you? I'm sorry, I have just to take be, care of something. I just stepped aside. I would just it. be furious that like Ovechkin, just how he makes his living from the point. I get it during the regular season when teams aren't there, aren't playing the best competition, but it's like in the playoffs, he's out there literally just parked. He might as well take a park bench and sit down till the puck comes and get up and shoot it. But he's just ridiculous. That's, well, that's what he's. That's, that's what they're sitting in the in the bench. That's the plan. That's that's what he's doing. I, I, I just don't get how it hasn't bro, been defended. I was yet. watching it. I, th- I don't know if it was well, game or two or game three, bro. He's parked out there, and there was about he didn't score on one of them, mind you. But I'm telling you. He ripped. We're talking over 100 mile an hour, 90, 100, 105 mile an hour rip. Just it looked like it was a video game that was going on out there. And I was like, how is he not scoring? It's a weapon, and it. I know he doesn't play the best defense, and I'm not trying to sit here and claim that he's my favorite player. He's one of them, but you know he doesn't play the most defense. But I mean, do you not like him? Or I don't understand. I like. I think he's earned every. I think he's earned every penny. Every penny. I I don't think. I don't think Jerry understands why teams don't just. Put someone up there and guard him. I mean, I understand that's a plan. Well, here's another thing you got to consider too: is, is you got Backstrom uh, out there, you got T.J. Oshie out there, and you got Carlson on yeah, the other side. Yeah, these aren't bums so that he's surrounded gotta, by. It's not like Ovechkin took him to win the President's Trophy by himself. I'm sure. I know he was a huge yeah. part of it, but my God, you act like he's out there with a bunch of scrubs. But they, just, they play it. They play it smart, though. You put Backstrom in the low corner, um, and kind of he kind of just holds the puck down there in that corner, and there's there's four sets of eyes on him, and that. That really helps Ovechkin get loosened up, I think, over on the other side. So you got to have that other player who's uh, who's really calm and a good, calm stick handler um, with with a lot of skill because players have to respect that as well. Exactly. Um, so with, with that, and then you put Carlson on the other point. Um, so he's he's up high. So you got to respect that point, man, too. And it's just it, there's a lot of weapons on that power play. It yeah, helps, it helps out. That's definitely I mean, true. 
Well, you guys are educated on hacking here. I didn't understand these concepts with the down the corner. I'm like, it's okay. I wasn't trying to be a jerk to you. I don't think you are. I'm just saying that you act like teams haven't thought of this. It's like, hey, man, I wish we could just stop Ovechka on that darn power play. It's like it really. It's the same thing in the NFL when you're throwing throwing streaks to OBJ. I just don't understand. Like, it should be easily defendable. They're doing the same thing, but I guess sometimes, like, an offense is actually better than defense. I've always given the notion that he may be that good. I mean. He is great and all that, but he still doesn't have a ring, so we'll have to see if that comes this Whoa, year. He's got to throw that in there. I'm just yeah. throwing it in there. Like as deadly as it is, it still hasn't he's won got, him anything, and he's, he has, he's still contending. He's it's, it's all look, good. I think the series is far from over. I think in the last seven years, only one President's uh, Trophy winner has won the cup, and that was the Blackhawks in the shortened season. So that really doesn't even count, in my opinion. So I mean, it's hard. It's hard to go wire, wire to wire. But let's get some predictions in the East before we get out of here. Tony, can we hear from you, maybe? Well, what do can, you I, can I just say one more thing real yeah, quick? Yeah, yeah. You guys, you guys know how much I I don't like the NBC commentators and how, how I don't think anybody likes the NBC commentators. God Almighty! So when <laughs> uh, and Jerry, I was telling you this last night that Pierre Maguire. So so uh, who who was it? Williams Williams went in or no? It was Oshi Oshi went in to shoot on that uh, on their goalie Murray there, and he's like, oh my gosh, it's the next Brodeur. Look at this! Look how he hides the five hole. He shows it and then he puts it down. The very next shot on Murray was right through the five hole by Justin Williams. I'm like, oh man, you know what's funny is the difference between him and Brodeur is Brodeur could do that every time. So when you say he flashes the five hole, that means that he purposely like makes it look like it's open, but he knows he can close right. his legs fast enough. The five hole exactly. between your two legs. He, he, he uses the five hole as bait so that way you don't go high to either side or, or try and pass. It's like it's like it's too good to be true. And you know that he's going to shoot five holes, so that when he goes five holes, it's like bam, stop yeah, it. And then uh, it's so crazy about sports to me. It's like even at that level, if they know somebody's going to like when Bro Durham made a career, obviously had a flash in his five hole. You would think everybody's right. going to start going high in him, but your natural instinct kicks in, and you see that and, hole right there, and you just got to be like, dude, I can pop through that. It's going to be easy, right? Uh, and the reason the five hole is so desirable from that at that point is because the player's in close, and the goalie's at the top of the crease, so he's cutting down the angle. So from the player's point of view, there's no other spot to shoot the puck. And the five hole looks looks very very uh, you know I I, I guess uh, you know desirable I guess in lack of a better term but so when you shoot from that up close you're like okay five hole that that's where it's got to go so when you flash that five hole then the goalie knows it's no more guessing where the puck's gonna go and he can go down and get it but Murray uh, he's not he's not Martin Brodeur sorry Pierre Maguire um, you're an idiot um, and kind I, uh, of a homo so it stretches more than this but I hate how they always compare young stars to like. Uh, Older legends, almost like you can be a young star. Like you saying, Larkin's like the next, you know, Pava Bure. It would just be ridiculous. He hasn't played enough yet. I had one thing. Since this is probably the first and only time we will ever get a chance to break down the five hole on the air, which is awesome, I think. But I just wanted to say, <laughs> if you guys ever get a chance, man, I know he's not in the league right now. He's going through some uh, some red tape over in Russia or something. But Kovalchuk has this move where he'll go down and he'll. Do like a, it's the fastest double pump fake you'll see, but he'll pump fake to the five hole, cut him back to the backhand, and wait till the goalie reopens the five hole. It, so it's like a double five hole reopen, bam, bam, wiggle. I don't mean to sound like Gruden on, on Monday Night Football, but whatever it is, it's sick. And Kovalchuk has it down to a team I've scored, seen him score on breakaway goals like that a number of times. If we're breaking down the five hole, no, I, I like that analysis. <laughs> no, that was, that was good. I like that. Seriously, it, maybe we need a little side segment, a little YouTube video of Frankie breaking down the five hole. I'll we'll just get, break down. We'll get, uh, I'll take a video of him. <laughs> we got the net in the garage. I'll go out there and play a little goalie. We can let him fucking break down the five hole. I mean, maybe Tony will film. We'll see what we can get going for you guys. <laughs> you could use you could use a replay of Couture from last night, man. He opened up Renee uh, on a, on a quick little breakaway there. Uh, Logan Couture for San Jose. 
Um, that was a pretty good example of how, how you can you can cut across, makes the goalie move, has to open up the five hole to get across the net, and that's when you tuck it right in between the I legs. I love this. this is Breaking funny. down the five hole. I love the it. The RSF boys in the five hole. That would be a good band name. Improv right now. We did not plan to talk This is about off the, the top, hole. ladies and gentlemen. This is off <laughs> the top. We are going a little bit over uh, time here, so let's get All some right, predictions get to the east, NBA. and then we'll get to the west. No, oh, we, we got, we got predictions. You guys didn't think we had anything this week. We got tons of stuff. <laughs> five hole or die. All right, so five hole for hours. Anybody willing to pick the Islanders? Uh, I'll, I'll give no, you a 10 to 1 odds. they're down 3-0 with three minutes left in the second period. Okay, so we got everybody, everybody's on Tampa Bay Lightning winning the series 4-1. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Everybody's on Tampa. Let's go. Uh, Capitals coming back on Pittsburgh. I say no. I think Pittsburgh's got it, and I think Pittsburgh's Lightning's going to be a phenomenal series. Tony? I think Pittsburgh will win as well, as much as I hate them and hope that they die. I mean, besides right. Crosby, yeah, like is a, the truth. You sound like a bunch of frauds. I hate but, Crosby, though. I can't help it. Um, for sure, man. I I put my full investment at the beginning of the series into the as soon as the wings got knocked out, for that matter, uh, into the Capitals. They're gonna make it close, uh, or they're gonna win big in uh, in at home in Washington. They're gonna go to Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh and, and steal the show and move on. No, I'm not seesawing. I've been I've been affirmative. I stand firm. I, I never really had a. I don't even know if I had a prediction on this series. I, well, I guess internally, I I thought the Caps would have had it done by now. I just I think the Caps are that good, but I think the Caps, uh, I think they're going to slip one by in game six, and then who do they have in, in reserve that they uh, that they picked up in the offseason? Mr. Game 7 himself, Justin Williams. Um, I think if they go that seventh game, they're unbeatable. So you're taking Washington as well? Yeah, I, I got Washington See, in seven. There's they got a smart the man right there. They got him for these moments. Um I don't know something, something about it. I think I think they can overcome this and I don't finally think get over the, the Crosby best hump here. Roster overall, but they're just been playing so hot as of late. Honestly, beating the Islanders, getting up three one on. I just I'm going to stick with Pittsburgh, but we got to keep it moving, people. Let's go out west where uh, St. Louis leads three two on the Dallas Stars. Oh, after my hopeful Cup champions, and then I got San Jose's up three two after an absolute beat down in Nashville last night. San Jose's looking pretty good, people. Twenty fifth year in existence, our twenty fifth straight year in the playoffs. Kind of funny. Yeah. Which series want to go uh, to first, Joe? I think it's San Jose and St. Louis in the conference final, and I think San Jose is going to the final. I, I honestly, you're you're I getting think on the San sh- Jose's year. I think we're putting you in the Shark Tank, then, huh? I, I think I think you can throw me in the Shark Tank, um, and if they eat me alive, then you can leave me there. Oh, no, but I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to say San Jose is going to win the cup this year. Nice one. You got San Jose. We're going all the way. Uh, let's. What are your thoughts on these two series, Frankie? Uh, my thoughts. Okay, first of all, my initial, my overall thoughts are are just wow. You know, I've been watching these games not quite not quite as close as the the East, but because um, late at night and stuff. But all these teams, I mean, they they weren't quiet. I guess if you follow the NHL hard like Joe does, like throughout the entire regular season. But man, these are some the quality teams that I really didn't even know were that good. I mean, I've been watching St. Louis, uh, Tarasenko. St. They've, Louis is playing really they've good. They've been tearing hockey. it up. That series has been real close up until up until yesterday. It was very very even. But um, I like St. Louis to to move on in that one also. And then yeah, Nashville has impressed me. They have the last few years for that matter. But um, I think San Jose, as far as experience and all that stuff goes, they'll they'll pull that one out. I don't agree with Joe on the fact that they'll win it all, but I do think they'll take out Nashville um, for sure. And then. 
Honestly, I never thought I would say this, especially live on a radio show, but I think that the, that the Blues might go to a Stanley Cup. Isn't that crazy to say? Cause I they, really, I, such a solid I can't believe I'm saying it, but I really think the Blues are going to just, just be playing I for just a cup. I just look at this playoff so. picture, and it's just crazy to think. Like, it could have ended up being like Capitals, Islanders, you know, Blues. But like, the Blues had to wait until the Wings went to the East to even make it past the second round. Yeah. Right. I just, I mean, I didn't really follow him very closely, like I said. So I personally, I don't they know. They're very impressive. Real quickly, some feedback from you guys. Dallas Star doesn't have, they don't have a very good goalie from what I, my picture of this series is. I think they're about a one solid goaltender away from uh, making a serious deep run into the playoffs. Uh, yeah, Dallas isn't a very good defense either. And you can get away with that in the regular season when you have a loaded offense. But in the playoffs, man, defense is what wins. I mean, the they are 3 2, though. They still have a shot of coming back. I'm actually. St. Louis looks good. I'm going to take St. Louis, and I really can't believe it's going to be St. Louis-San Jose. I think really think that's what it's going to be. I know picking the teams that are up 3-2 is the easy way out. Well, no, it was pretty pretty apparent I mean, yesterday. So. Well, I mean, the Stars, get two, the stars both teams needed get two to win when they scored, they scored uh, late in the third to send it to overtime. They ended up losing in overtime. I believe that was game two. The Stars, if they would have won that game, obviously they'd be up 3-2 now, blah, blah, blah. But I think that was a big momentum shift for St. Louis in the series. Tony, who do you got in these series? Uh, I got St. Louis and the Sh- Sharks as well. Yo, who's that bearded defenseman of the Sharks? There's a huge article. Brent Burns. Burns. Brent Burns. Yeah. Burns, you know, I love fucking him. Fucking toothless hero. That guy can play some hockey. He can seriously score from the defenseman spot. And that's, you know, since probably might be one of the greatest. since putting records up there with Bobby Orr for the single season. So, I mean, we got to look out for him in the years to come, right? Yeah, Brent, Brent Burns is pretty awesome. He, uh... He was putting up a lot of points last year. They just didn't make the playoffs. So, I mean, pe- people lost and Joel they, you know, focus still got on it, man. He's from, he's from Minnesota. Uh, St. Louis, or San Jose, sorry, made a huge trade for him. They traded Danny Heatley and Devin Setaguchi. Was that before or after Heatley killed his teammate? After. Okay. That was way after. Remember, remember, this is when Heatley was with the Sharks, and we, we, uh, we played in that two years straight. And then that, like the after this was after the last series we played against the Sharks is that they traded Heatley, Sidaguchi, and a draft pick for Brent Burns, and uh, I mean it's a good move for them because I don't even know where Sidaguchi and uh, Heatley are these days. Yeah. So. All right, I'm gonna switch over to the one sport we play by bouncing a ball instead of slapping it with a stick. <laughs> are you ready, guys? That's pretty funny. This yeah. will probably be a lot faster for wrap up. Uh, we Someone's do have, gonna, someone has to give us the overall picture because myself, like many of our listeners... Uh, I got your yeah. overall picture coming right here. We'll do East first and West, just like we did for the NHL. Keep it fair. Keep it unbiased. Cleveland's up 3-0 on Atlanta and uh, is cooling down by 2 in the Game 4. What yeah. do you guys think about this series? I've actually watched a, a pretty good amount of it. Um, I don't know why. I haven't had a lot of free time this last week. But um, I've watched a lot of it, and it seems like uh, Atlanta's just got a lot of those players where... Um, you know, you can you can get by by winning a lot of regular season games that are above average, but there's not that one All Star guy. Again, they can keep it close. They got blown out the one game where they were uh, Cleveland was setting records on them and goofing around, but just no match for LeBron. And like I said, not many teams in the East are. We talked about this last show. I think it's going to be a sweep again. And yeah, there's not much more to say. No, They're just maybe they'll be good. That in the was future, very but, well yeah. said by you, Frankie. The one thing though is I do hate is Cleveland when they're winning, they're doing. They're dancing, and celebrating, and then when they lose, they just pout. They're really sore winners and really sore losers, but that's maybe a topic for another day. Krasik, what do you think about this series? Uh, I mean, the Cavs are loaded, man. Uh, we, we thought they had like a, a messed up locker room and everything when they were going up against the Pistons. Saw the Pistons could pull out a game or two. Um, but, I mean, I, I don't know. I, th- I think they're locked in pretty good oh. here. 
Um, we'll, we'll see what happens at the conference finals. I'm not even. They're they're, they're going to kill Atlanta, man. If they don't win today, they're going to win the next one. Consider it over. Tony, right, what do you think? It's over. It's gonna. <laughs> end, I mean, it's ending today. It's going to be another sweep for the Cavs. Yeah. It's. It's Atlanta. I mean, always come on, gets, LeBron is LeBron's just I'm awesome. I'm not even going to say that Atlanta always gets swept by Cleveland because it's only the second year. Atlanta's just always get out there getting swept by LeBron, whatever team he's on in the East, and it's really sad. Frank actually made a phenomenal analysis of the series. Atlanta, how their team like they win regular season games. Couldn't have said it better myself. I got Cleveland as well. I mean, who wouldn't? Uh, let's go to the other series. This one's pretty close actually. Toronto, Miami. What are we thinking here? We all had some injuries in this city in this series. Whiteside's hurt, and uh, Valanciunas for the Raptors are big centers out for the rest of the series. I'll just go first. I'd be lying to you guys if uh, I said I even watched a minute of the series, but I have been following it throughout you know the media and social media and stuff like that. Seems like Miami uh, has got a good shot, but everyone's uh, the Toronto's getting a lot of street cred though, from what I've heard. You know, uh, they did get some in the regular season. And there was talk of them maybe having a, a little bit of a outside, very far outside, mind you, chance. But uh, I'm going to have to stick with South Beach, even though my man, my, my former man, LeBron, is gone from there. And I'd really, really like to see uh, what people were talking about, which is him and D. Wade going uh, head-to-head, best friend versus best friend in a series. And I think that might, might happen. So. Yeah, I've always liked the fact that Toronto was in Canada and so many Canadian team playing. That's the, the national baseball. Or we don't have any Canadian fans. So yeah, like a Canadian family, though, and I love them. So, uh <laughs> But I'm a, I really want to see the rematch between Dwayne Wade and LeBron. I want to see that in a series. So my heart's set. I think Toronto's going to win the series if I had a bet on it, but I want Miami to win really bad. So I'm going to pick Miami. Tony? I'm going to pick Miami just because Toronto does have – Mind you, Miami is down 2-1 at this point. Yes. Okay. But <laughs> Toronto has a history of choking in the playoffs. Oh, they, that they do. And choking on other things because they're from Canada. Wow. Oh. He means basketballs, people. Yeah, what are you thinking? What about you, Joe? What's going on, man? You a socialist or you an American? Oh, man. <laughs> Jeez. Can't it's going to be funny that way. They're just there, man. You can't call them socialists. Oh, well, um, whatever. And, uh, if I had to put money on it, I'd say Toronto, but I kind of oh. want Miami to win because I want to see the Wade and uh, LeBron series. So I want... Miami to win, but I think Toronto's going to win. Mainly because Miami's pretty banged up. I'm pretty sure Bosch is hurt yeah, as well. Bosch is that, out for that. That's a dead. big deal. They're actually, <laughs> NBA is investigating that. I Nobody knows what's going on. Allegedly, people were saying they were just trying to hold him out till the Cleveland series, but now he's out for the whole playoffs. No, he's done. They, they released a statement. He's got a blood clot. It's official. He tried to fight to come back, but um, they just said, no way, so man. So the blood clot's back? Yeah. Right. That's huge, man. Him and Whiteside being hurt, that's... That's two big bodies that are really good basketball players. That's that's that. Wade can't do it by himself, dude. Yeah, if we're ever really bored, we're not going to do it today. But if we're ever bored, we can talk about that because because uh, that's a good subject for for the show too. Is because he didn't have any of these blood clot symptoms for I think it was something something really long, like over six months, and he was really lobbying to be able to play, and they wouldn't let him. So we'll we'll talk about that in sports in general at another time. But yeah, no bosh. How much sports means to no bosh? But I still think the Heat got it. All right, let's go out west where both series are two one. We have the Spurs up two one on OKC, and Golden State's up two one without Steph Curry on uh, the Portland Trailblazers. And if any of our fans know why they call Portland Rip City or anybody wants to find it out for me so I don't have to Google it myself, that'd be great because I've been trying to figure it out for like two days. Well, I don't, I'd have to look into that too, but I mean, I could make a joke, but I won't. Um, <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, you know, the easy answer I'll just go with is, is Golden State to win, obviously. But as far real on a side note, 
this Steph Curry thing is just becoming so annoying, man. I got to hear about it every morning over my cup of coffee. I change the channel sometimes. It's like, dude, he's not playing. I never liked him in the first place. Uh, you know, honestly, the hell with Steph Curry. I mean, I know it's not a popular yeah. opinion, but seriously, screw him. No, screw Golden State. They're I, going down I, I, I don't in, in the finals. I don't agree with the screw Golden uh, Steph Curry, but when somebody's injured, they do talk about it way too much. I'm like, I'm watching him take warm-up shots and cuts. He's literally ready to play. I'm They're just going to see if they need him to play in this series because obviously the more rest, the better he's going to feel. So, I mean, I just don't like when these analysts act like they're like smarter than us or no, so we know exactly what's going on in Golden State. Like, Let me, can I say one thing real quick? How sad is this? You guys can tune in if you want or we can just blow past it, but I have to say it. Uh, how sad is it when you have to watch a sports show and they're talking about – and this is why I hate basketball to some degree – you got to sit here and listen to Stephen A. Smith and all these guys talk about, well, you know, if they need him here in the first round. I get the first round. It's a snooze fest. And it's usually an easy win, even though the Pistons put up a little bit of a fight in our case. But, my God, is basketball that bad and lack parity so much to where you could just be like, oh, yeah, they might need him against a team like Atlanta. This is the second damn round of a playoff of supposed to be a world or a national championship, an NBA title, and you're just blowing past oh, these second God. and third round teams. I agree. That is just is that a topic? That's there a ridiculous is, topic. These that is are so together. painfully true, Frankie. There is I, no I parity. I was too much just thinking that the other day, and you like put my thoughts in, into words. Like I, I, I couldn't yeah, say anything. Look at Frank. Round of applause for well, that. Thank people. you. And it's yeah. just been on my chest. It was a perfect time to let that out. It's been on my chest for a while. What a ridiculous league. You know, it's like, oh, LeBron and Steph, and then you might want to throw in the Spurs even though they're all old because of pop. But, my God, it's the second round of a play. You're playing for a world title, and you're not even having real talk of competition until the finals. And maybe if you really want to talk about OKC and the Spurs, and we'll get to that actually later. But other than that, it's just, I think it's a real bad look. Miami Toronto is just interesting because the teams are close. Portland, Golden State, Golden State's one is probably going to win every game at home without Steph Curry. And honestly, probably could have won last night. We do have one actual really good series, though. But I do agree. In the NHL playoffs, all four are good. In the NBA, in the second round, there's one good one. But it is a great one. OKC versus San Antonio. San Antonio blew them out game one. The next two were close. There was a weird 13 seconds at the end of game two. We're not going to get into that because it's been covered too much by the media. But what do you guys see happening here? Uh, I mean, going back to the first series, of course, like we said, Golden State's going to win. And then I got to go with the Spurs. I mean, yeah, Durant and Westbrook are awesome, but the Spurs are just such a deep team like they always are. And they play so well together that it's like it's not exciting to watch them, but they play the game extremely well together. It's just and they win. crazy how good of a coach Greg Popovich is. Like if he was coaching if the if they had the exact same rosters but you flipped flip Flip-flop the coaches, OKC is going to win the series 10 times out of 10. You flip-flop them back, San Antonio's going to win it 10 times out of 10. They're obviously, they're pretty equally matched, honestly, talent-wise, because of the regression and the older players for the Spurs. And Kawhi Leonard is a quiet superstar, but he really can't get it done by himself. He's not that good at creating his own shot. So I'm going to go with the Spurs as well. Joey, what do you think? I know Kristen's going to pick the Spurs. Yeah, I, I, I got to go going to say Spurs happy wife, happy life? What's that? Happy wife, happy life. Right. No, you know, I, I have to agree with her. You know, the Spurs, I mean, they got the better coach. They got the better team concept. They play together. Uh, you got a, you got a lot of veterans over there who uh, who understand that and really kind of like, you know, embed it into the younger players. The problem with OKC is they, uh, it's really frustrating how much talent they have and how much they're just not that good. 
Like to, in, in my mind, they had no business winning game two. They should be down three zero. And uh, and and really, when it comes down to it, they uh, you know they 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 have, they have Westbrook, they have Durant, uh, they got Serge Ibaka, um, and they're they're still not going to win this series. Um, and I, and the the superstars, um, you know, so to speak, for San Antonio are over the hill. And and these guys are in their prime, and they should be taking advantage of that, and they, they just won't be able to. Um, it's 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 pretty bad, and um, that that to me, if you want to like bring up another problem in basketball, too many individuals in the sport. Yeah, that's that's also one hundred percent true. One thing I would like to also add in here, LeBron James was called the ringless king until he finally got crowned when they beat uh, OKC, and what Durant really hasn't taken that much flat flack for not having a ring. People are making they make excuses for him. Oh, he was hurt. Westbrook's, Westbrook's hurt. LeBron James took the worst team to the finals ever, and people gave him flack for getting swept. I mean, he had Elgowskis, Mo Williams. I don't even know who the hell. It might have been Delante motherfucking West out there. Like, and Durant the guys, no the guys flack. never even had a coach. Yeah, you know what? I'm glad you said that, Gerard, because I was just going to flag you down to say something about that, and I couldn't agree with you more. And on top of that, you know I do. I, I respect and like the way that Russell Res- Russell Westbrook plays. So I'm not. I'm going to leave him out of this. But other than that, you know, if you hear some of this audio that gets played for Durant uh, by Durant, uh, the way he talks, the way he the way he talked about Detroit, which we covered on the show, all the stuff he does, and he gets, it seems like he's getting let off the hook time after time. And the guy is just nothing but skin and bone. No hardware to weigh him down. Even he's nothing. Durant is nothing. I, I've called him some names on the show. I'm not going to repeat. I had to deal with some, you know, some obligations with the law about that. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to call him any names, but he's been really let off the hook for a lot of his behavior, yeah. his vocabulary, the way he is. He's not this goody two-shoes man that we once thought. He's, think, a, he's a bum. He's a fraud. I, when I see things like this, I want to think of why. Like, the why that with LeBron, like, obviously he called himself the king and people didn't like that. Just like when Rodgers was doing the belt before he had a ring. Yeah. People were saying, I get that, so make fun of him for being ringless. But he seriously took so much flack. And I think the only difference was Durant's a serious dead-eye shooter if he gets open. And so they serious. And even though people say jump shooting teams can't win championships, which is obviously not true, people were scared that Kevin Durant literally, like, you were going to make fun of him. He was going to go out and have 73 and hit, like, 10 threes. They always knew LeBron couldn't hit threes, so it was easy to make fun of him and poke fun of him because he had this horrible team around him. When Durant has Westbrook, had Harden, Serge Ibaka, if LeBron was in switch places with Durant, they'd honestly probably win the West. Yeah, well, he ain't, he ain't winning nothing this and, well, year. He's going to lose to the Spurs, and it's, it's, it's barbecue so and watermelon for So we all the Spurs and Golden State in the West? Yeah. All right. We're going to take a break here probably. I need yeah, a glass of water. Let's take a break. All right, good for a second, guys. We're going to make it interesting. All right, sir. Revolutionary Sports Front. All right, and we're back. And now for a segment where Frank and Joe are probably going to take naps because we're going to be talking about soccer once again. But this is about Leicester City. It's spelled Ledcaster, by the way, so don't let that confuse you. Yeah, it's, if you looked at it, you'd be like, that's not Leicester, but that's how they pronounce it in England. So that's what we're going with. But they, So they just won the Barclays Premier League title. Um, this past Monday, when Chelsea and Tottenham drew, it meant that Tottenham could not get enough points to catch um, Leicester City because in England they don't have playoffs. It's just, no playoffs? No, there's no playoffs. It's oh, we're gonna have season. a lot of fun. It's just regular season, so it's whoever has the best record of the regular season is the champion. And well, it's not necessarily best record, Tony. Not being, I mean, it's win losses and draws. You get three points for a win, no points for a loss, and one point for a draw. 
So typically, if you win more games than everybody else, you're going to end up with way yeah, more games. Yeah, but you can have less else. wins and draw every other one game. One person explaining it is, is very much confusing enough for the audience. So pick one and let's let's stick with one. I'm saying who's the most points has wins at the okay. end of the season. Yeah, please. But so Leicester City is guaranteed to have most points. Also, they beat Everton yesterday, then they were awarded the title. But the big thing we wanted to talk about with this is that in the preseason odds at the sports books, they were 5,000 to 1 underdogs, which is insane in the world of sports, where when we look at like the NFL, the Cleveland Browns are, have the worst odds right now to win the Super Bowl, and they're like 300 and something to 1. You know what? I'm really glad you brought the Cleveland Browns. First of all, the reason why the odds were so big was because you need to get people to bet, and only six teams have ever won the English Premier League as, we've, uh, as it's drawn up now, even though they've had different top divisions. But to say 5,001, a lot of people aren't, are acting like this is some miracle story like Le- Leicester City, uh, this is all homegrown talent. I guess uh, I read somewhere that a billionaire bought them and then brought a bunch of well, talent yeah, in they, from outside. They brought so in a bunch of guys. This isn't transfers. a miracle. The fact that it's a 5,001 makes it a miracle, but it really was really bad odds whoever made it because they pretty much just bought a title like how we did in 02. But, I mean, it is incredibly competitive in the Barclays. Okay, yes, they bought players through the transfer market. But they spent $80 million in transfer fees where Manchester City is the one that has the most, and they're currently sitting in fourth place in the Premier League. They spent $611 million in transfer fees for their okay. current roster. Well, they, they spent almost nothing compared to everybody else spent in transfer fees. And yes, not a lot of homegrown All talent, I'm saying is in America, also, they keep comparing it to like the Browns or Lions were in the title, and it's different because it's not like the, like the Lions can go out and buy uh, – OBJ and Aaron Rodgers to come play for them. That's pretty much what Leicester Well, I mean, did. you can sign free agents, but... Yeah, I'm saying they wouldn't come okay, here. Okay, we can agree. It. It's totally different sports. Can keep going, though, Tony. But also, I mean, this part of the reason the odds were so long for them was this is a team that last year, with nine games left in the regular season, well, in the season because they don't have a postseason, was about to get relegated, which means dropped down to the lower division because they were sitting in last place in the Premier League. But then they won seven of their last nine games, to avoid relegation and stay in the premiership. That is pretty incredible. Any thoughts on it, Frank or Joe, or just the snore button? I think Joe's mic might be off. He hasn't said much, not even a little bit. But, I mean... I just... Go ahead, Joe. Go ahead, Frank. Go no, ahead, Frank. I'll, I'll go, and then you go. But uh, the, the point to me is, I mean, you talk about this stuff. Obviously, I'm not going to tune in. The reason why it kind of caught my eye is, obviously, no, not really the general sports fan is going to know who this Leicester City is. Leicester. Leicester City. But uh, trust me, I got it wrong is, all week. But every good American knows what five thousand to one odds is, and because we all love some gambling. So when I saw this, it, you know, it caught my eye. I listened to these guys go back and forth in the pre-show, and basically, my thoughts are: I mean, whoever this team is, and whatever it this, is they do, sweet, good for them. There, and anybody, I wish I would have bet on anybody them. Anybody knows this five thousand to one wasn't in Vegas, was it? It was in their betting houses. Yeah, it was at the William Hill Sportsbook. So in, the William Hill, okay. Because I was gonna say England. Vegas is not dumb enough. Because if every jackass with two dollars would put two, if I see five thousand to one odds on anything, I'm at least putting a dollar down. Like I don't get how this betting house isn't closed after giving five thousand to one odds. Like I understand that you're mostly gonna clean up and you need to make people bet on it. Like you have to give somebody an opportunity to bet. But I'll put ten dollars on this. You know how much money I have right now? Ten times five thousand. Fifty grand? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like that means if there was hundred thousand to a hundred thousand. I think over there they use pounds, which is something your Tinder account is used to seeing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't even got a Tinder, but uh, uh, it's actually the euro now. <laughs> I think I think uh, 
England's still on the pound, though. Oh. They might be. Quid. I had 20 quid on it. <laughs> but, yeah, that's all I got to but say yeah, on it, man. I mean, Just good whoever won the money. Like, if you got a $100, 100 pounds, 100 euros, whatever, and you put it on that because you're like, eh, what the heck? I'm going to blow this on something stupid anyway. Let's try and get something what? out of it. You're getting half a million. <laughs> Right now. Sure. Joe, last year when you were in uh, Vegas and we put all that money on that long shot horse that was 64 to 1 odds and didn't win Jack, uh, was that for the Kentucky Derby or the Preakness? That was the Preakness. So that was the Preakness. So, Joey, you should have taken a trip at the beginning of the soccer season to the William Sports Booking House. We could have put $100 on this. We'd be millionaires right now. Half millionaires, but still. Yeah. We'd be Joey would rather roll his Hummer and do a ditch than do that. That, that would have been an interesting trip. Hey, can you show her the William Hill betting house and they just look at some little outhouse oh, no. or something? No, it's, it's in England. I'm saying you need to go to England. Oh, yeah, I know. Um, okay. So I, when I think of this, we, you know, we're talking about the, the, the championship and everything. Um, I think of the SNL skit you all showed me a few years ago where they're interviewing the, the football coach that's coming over to be a soccer coach. That was a uh, commercial one. Yeah. For American foot. Oh, that was actually that was a, a commercial. commercial but, uh, funny. Anyways, he goes. But it was with a guy from SNL, yeah. So he, he's uh he goes, if there's a tie in the United States, that'd be a sign for the cause of the apocalypse. And, uh, <laughs> and so when I saw that they won the championship with a tie, I was like, wow, <laughs> that you can win a championship yeah. with a tie. They won that's, a championship because another team tied. Actually, Chelsea did come back in that game too. Uh, yeah. Chelsea's there's, I guess I just recently learned this. There's five football clubs in the London surrounding areas, and the Hotspurs, the Tottenham Hotspurs, which are in the commercial you're referring to, Joe. Tottenham Hotspurs is uh they have a big rivalry with Chelsea, so they they literally like hate each other. And Chelsea came back. Tottenham was up uh two zero. But really, if you looked at the points, there was yeah, no. Much, actually, one of the controversies really on that, that game close. was that a couple of the Chelsea players leading up to that game uh, said, "We hope that we can, you know, not. We basically don't want to lose this game because if we draw with them or we beat Tottenham, then they won't win the. Then they have no shot to win the title, and because they're a rival, we'd rather see a team that we have really no rivalry How's with that, win the I, title. I would say the exact well, same we thing. Well, we finish in tenth place. I don't believe there's any controversy there. Eden Hazard was talking shit. They won, but you know, if this is boring, Frank and Joe is probably boring some of our audience. Let's go Lesser City. I wish we would put money on it so we recording this from a penthouse instead of Frank's house, which is almost a penthouse. Yeah, and uh, let's but talk keep about moving. betting. Let's go to Vegas. Now, who's going to Vegas is a better question. It's a possibility, people. Uh, yeah, the Raiders. It, it could be a strong possibility because it sounds like they really, really want to go. Well, Unless the Raiders it, really want out of Oakland. Is it's what pretty they much really one want. year left in the Oakland Coliseum for them. Yeah, they just uh, actually re up for another year because their contract ran out at the end of the last. Is that really season. what it's called? The, the Oakland Coliseum. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. I should know that. The Oco is like the abbreviation. But yeah, so uh, the Raiders, the possibly with San Antonio, I think that's out. But they're really looking at Vegas hard here. And how do you guys think that would work with an NFL team in uh, Las Vegas? Well, you know, they already have a professional hockey team going there for the, you know, the NHL. Uh, they got the, the two that Is got that accepted was, was uh, Las Vegas and Quebec. Um, so Quebec is getting another team back, and, and, and Vegas is going to be a team. I, I, was, I was in Vegas, uh, like when you were mentioning, around the time of Preakness last May, um, and they have already been building an arena that looks pretty nice, pretty big. So they can have the hockey team in there, and now, now all they have to do is build a stadium. A lot of people feel like um, that Vegas is just like a, a tourist town, you know, that like a lot of people are in and out. They're, 
there is a lot of people that live in Las Vegas, man. Yeah, um, there gotta be people staffing all that stuff. You know, there's freaking there gotta be enough people to clean the hotels every day, book the it's, hotels. It, it's a it's a fast growing city, man. There's a, there's a lot of people that live there doing a lot of other things. Um, you know, I when you know you guys you guys know I made trips there um, growing up and everything. Every time I went there, you know, there's there's the houses and where the houses line ended, then there's like the desert and then there's the mountains. Well, every time I went back out there. That, that gap kind of closed up and it's like Jesus no peace there's like people living in the mountains now like the houses I mean it, the place is just booming the population's huge and then professional sports is definitely making their way there yeah uh, some people I agree are saying that like it's all a tourist town and there's not enough but those the people who actually live in Vegas deserve a team they're hard working individuals who have to deal with people just going there to get fucked up and they can't get drunk so I think they're actually going to I'm happy they're getting a hockey team and I'm Really hope the Raiders go there, but you really got to watch out for character issue guys in in Las Vegas. Prost- oh, yeah. I mean, the stadium's definitely going to be outside of the city limits where prostitution is legal. So, I mean, there's. I'm just saying, you know, you probably can't bring Alden Smith with you. Right. Uh, wow. Right. Okay. Yeah, I uh, I agree with that. I didn't actually didn't even think about the character issue aspect, but I mean, God, I mean, it's going to be really close as far as temptation goes when I say that. But I mean. Those guys, if you, if they got character issues, I would like to think at least that a lot of them are going to get in trouble anyways. But I mean, the, it is right there in their face. That's but as far true. as the teams themselves, I definitely think that there's a draw. There could be a, definitely a gate for that for sure. Both both NHL and NFL. I mean, there's people that love sports, they love gambling. People will go. There people are in and out. They're like, oh, while we're there, we'll catch this. I don't think they'd have any trouble selling tickets. I really don't. If I was in Vegas for a weekend and somebody was like, oh, let's go check out, I would check out a Las Vegas Raiders game. You know how cool yeah, that sounds? Yeah, it would sounds? be great. And Krasik's kind yeah, of... They would definitely I mean, have gambling at, like, the. you could go play some slots in between quarters. You know, maybe a little poker room in the back. The biggest thing, I, I think... Four house on the bottom level? Oh, my God. I was going to say, I don't think they're going to have a casino in the ice room. They have casinos right. in the airport. Why not? They got casinos in the airport. Yeah, Joe. I, they, I'm excited. I really... Tony, they got that. They got casinos everywhere. They got casinos in the damn bathroom. You could see, you could stand at a urinal and pull a goddamn slot machine. So uh, that is actually. I don't amazing. know if anybody's really heard anything, but if the stadium gets approved in San Diego, the Chargers are going to LA. Do you guys think that maybe that the Raiders will go to LA or the Raiders yes. totally out of LA? No, uh, the way the NFL set it up is another team will be joining the Rams in LA. But San Diego has first crack at it, and then if San Diego turns it down and stays in San Diego, then the Raiders are next up. But the Raiders you know, want out of Oakland, and they think the Chargers are going to go to L.A., so they're trying to find somewhere else for them to go. I really don't think L.A. needs two teams. I don't even like the fact that any city has two teams, personally. And uh, I hope to, I, I really hope the Raiders go to Las Vegas. I think that would be awesome. I, one thing, I, I, I kind of hope the Chargers don't move i, I kind of want them to stay in san diego and this is why because they have a pretty pretty good fan base um one just, of the more loyal fan bases there is out there i mean like a, a lot of service members out there a lot of a lot of guys who grew up out there and then end up getting stationed down there um i know a lot of chargers fans uh kind of having having my time being spent out west um, a lot of chargers fans in hawaii a lot of chargers fans obviously down down the city um they love that team, man. They they love that team. The do Padres aren't that good. Do you think people would good. make the, dra- the drive from San Diego to LA to see their team, or do you think they would just probably stop following them and pick somebody else? Uh, yeah, I, I, they, they'd probably make the drive. I mean, Some they, That's a they hike, wouldn't have they wouldn't have anybody else. So I That's mean, a huge what, hike. what else are they gonna do? Anybody, so is anybody against the uh, 
Raiders moving to Vegas. I'm not. I think it'd be cool. I kind of. I've had to take one stance or the other. What was the option that you presented, Tony? Was it be the Raiders? It would be Sandy. I mean, there's not the other option. There's technically, no, would be a. Uh, but there is San no Diego staying put, and then the Raiders going to L.A., going back to L.A. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's just hard for me to, for any reason to say goodbye because I kind of like. I've been to Oakland. There's. I've been to Oakland, but. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, I like Oakland. I like the Raiders. I like their colors, and it's just gonna be kind of tough. I mean, I know there used to be something else before our time, before we were born or whatever. But uh, I just like the Raiders, and be sad to see them go. But I mean, I guess go ahead. I've never been to Vegas. I so. believe the Raiders were in Los Angeles when it was the Just Win Baby Win era, right? Yes. So they were in LA originally, and it didn't work out. I really think I really hope that they only get the Rams in Los Angeles. The Raiders go to Vegas, and San Diego stays put. Yeah, I mean, it would be cool to have a team in Vegas. The only, the biggest issue though is it's so easy for the players to have their boy go put freaking like five hundred dollars on another team. Exactly. Well, I mean, they could do yeah, it anyway. Oh man! I, didn't and, think I mean, about that. you got you got scandals already all over the place. It's, that stuff. I'm, I'm all a big throughout the history of sports, with betting in sports. I don't think that's a very yeah, big. Threat. They could do the, that anyway. So with a phone call. If that shit was happening, though, the University of Las Vegas, yeah. who's actually our University of Nevada, Nevada, Las Vegas, which is in Las Vegas, they did have a big problem once. So I'll give you that, Tony. But since then, they've been pretty clean. This, you know, isn't, this isn't a Bronx Tale or like a mafia movie, man. I don't well, know. Well, UNLV did have that problem. They seriously were handicapping games on purpose, cutting points off to, and going to bet on it. It happened in like the 90s. Tarkini um, yeah, was the coach, I believe. It's happened throughout history. I'm just saying, just being in Vegas, I don't think that. I think there's a lot I of really things to worry about. If it I doesn't that's work, one of them. I mean, sports sometimes has to be a little bit of an experiment. If it doesn't work, they can move to L.A. I think they should keep the possibility open of having two teams in L.A., but... Las Vegas, there's a lot of hardworking individuals that put a lot of crap there. They deserve to have a team to say, that's my team. You know, in Detroit, we have the Red that's Wings. True. You guys have the Lions. Jerry, a man of the people. I'm <laughs> just saying. Jeez. No, I think it'd be cool to have a team in Las Vegas. And, and you know what? Here's, here's the thing, too. Frankie, you kind of brought up a good idea. You know, you, you can put a bet up over the phone. I mean, put a, put a bet down over the phone. I mean, Johnny Manziel was playing for the Browns. He couldn't keep his ass out of Vegas. So exactly, you know, it, it, they're I mean, gonna do a, what they're gonna do. They're, they're grown men; they can do whatever they want. You know, what I mean, if they want to hop a plane with their five million dollar plus contracts or whatever, ten ten million dollar plus contract, they can hop a plane whenever they want to Vegas. Yeah, and then you know LA I mean? is only like a three four hour car ride or something like that. Yeah, so, so there's casinos I mean, and you are and there women. Right there. There's casinos and I mean, I know it's not Vegas level, but there's casinos and gambling and women in any major city you go to. So if they want to find it and they got yeah. that kind of money. They ain't going to have much trouble finding it. Yeah, but they don't have sports books. Yeah, I mean, but there's bookies everywhere. Sure. Don't, no, Frank makes a valid point. If they're going to find it, they have the resources. They could just have they could just have pay for one of their friends to have an apartment in Vegas. I'm just saying, I'm the only one on this, exactly. on this show that actually has character issues. I'm just saying, I don't see it as that big of a threat. Okay. All right. So, okay, we got there. One last question. We're going around real quick with this in the sense of time. Do you think it's a NBA or the NHL and NFL can survive there together? Do you think they'll, I mean... You think there's enough fans to go around? Uh, I mean, the, I think so. The beginning of the NHL season, I don't think you'd see that, as many fans in the seats. But definitely, with the fact that the football season only really runs till the beginning of January, and then you still have hockey all the way out until the beginning of April. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a big fan of the, the NHL team even going there. I think it could work for sure, but I think football, like Tony just said, I think that's a great point. Um, the short season, there's a limited amount of games. It's more of a novelty to say you went to a game there as far as like people from all over the country, world, whatever you want to call it, coming. 
Uh, NHL is a long season, and 82 games. Not much of a. I mean, it's not, it doesn't sound too sexy saying like the Las Las Vegas Beatles or whatever they're gonna be called. Uh, I just I like the idea of they're the NFL. called the dice. The dice. Oh, uh, that, that's what their IHL team used to be. Okay, the dice. I think there's a lot more of a draw and appeal for the NFL Actually, team. I, remember, I think they could both work though. I mean, I think they can make it work. They're such a major outlet. You know, I agree that they could both make it work. Real quick, I think that somebody said they wanted their team to be called the Las Vegas Gamblers, but then they weren't like allowed to do it because of gambler gambling addicts. Which I think is ridiculous. You, you shouldn't let. I mean, you want to say something like the Detroit heroin or something, but hey. Las Vegas gamblers would be sweet. But what a world! I yeah. think there's enough fans to go around because for the football season, you're gonna have people for the novelty of it going to the game. But it's gonna, I think they're gonna thrive like how San Jose Sharks have thrived, Anaheim Ducks have thrived, and that's not really a big hockey country out there. You know what I mean? Like, and they have two hockey teams in. Uh, California. So I think there is enough fans to go around. I think the two will actually kind of help each other. Dude, remember remember when my uh, – we, we were probably like – we had to be like six years old. Remember when my basement was like just the ho- – there was a hockey room? So we had like the, the floor, the net, and then there was like nothing but posters on the wall? Yeah. Yeah. And then remember remember the poster I had with all the goalie masks? Yeah. Yeah, for all the IHL teams. Yeah, with the Vipers and shit. Yeah. Uh, the Las Vegas Dice, that, that's what made me think of it. That, that was one of the masks that was on there. It was like dice that were like hanging from like a mirror on a car. It was like painted on his mask. Yeah, that was pretty a cool poster. I miss those days. But I think a little enough reminiscing now. We got uh, one more topic to get to. We're going to take a quick break, get back to it, and then do our last topic, and then Tigers two minutes. RSF. RSF. All right, we're back. We've covered a lot of ground, and here we are. Um, as we said, it's Sunday. It's Mother's Day. But yesterday, we had quite the event. Um, it was the Kentucky Derby. Now, none of us, of the four of us on this show, are big-time horse racing fans. We don't claim to be, but um, as a part of our show, of course, we followed it. And um, just so happened this year that it had Detroit ties. There's a horse by the name of Nyquist, a gentleman from Canada who happens to be a huge hockey fan, named his horse Nyquist, um, was the favorite to win, and Nyquist won. At least, And like Joey said in our uh, pre-show, at least he's Nyquist, uh, there's a Nyquist out there winning something. But um, basically how we're going to set this up, it's one of the last topics we're going to do today. I'm going to go around to the boys, and um, it's a two-part question. A, or it's a two-part thing. A, what are your thoughts on the Derby if you watched it? And B, is horse racing in general a sport? Gerard. Uh, I always start by saying the horse racing is the sport of kings. All right, People who don't like horse <laughs> racing really don't understand how hard the sport is. I think these horses should be considered athletes and should be up for awards as much as they work. They don't have to have any fun until they win something and then they spend the rest of their life on the fuck farm selling their sperm for $5,000 a load or five hundred grand a load. But uh, I, I'm glad Nyquist, uh, he's out there two to one favorite, so the favorite one. I don't think he's going to win the Triple Crown. I don't think we're going to have a repeat. I really don't even think he's going to win the Preakness or the Belmont. It was great seeing a uh, Triple Crown last year. I'm really glad somebody named with Detroit ties one. But in terms of the sport, if I watched a documentary on jockeys when I was like 11 years old. And ever since then, I thought it was a sport. These jockeys, most of them at career ends because they break their back. They get fired if they hit the horse too hard. They get fired if they lose for not hitting the horse hard enough. They live in this tight world. You have to be like 5'3 or lower and like under 100 pounds or they're going to cut you. And like they have horrible drinking and booze problems because of all the pills and stuff they take and nobody really respects jockeys and it's really sad actually and I mean I don't really take them for the cause of jockeys but it's a great sport I think everybody should watch it and I'm 
hoping to get to the Kentucky Derby next year, have myself a mint julep and watch some freaking thousand pound beast just blaze across the track. Tony? Wow, that was actually beautiful. Go ahead. Uh, I think that uh, Nyquist will win the next race because a lot of the horses don't race the Preakness after the Kentucky Derby, and then they'll come back for the Belmont Stakes. But I don't think he'll win the Triple Crown. And, uh, yeah, I'd say it's a horse – or I'd say horse racing is a sport, but it's definitely the horses that are the athletes. And After I mean, all I just said about jockeys, you don't believe they're athletes? Let's see you ride a horse that fast. You fall off. Oh, I'm dead. Hey, man, the man is entitled to his opinion. Yeah, I'm also 5'6 and way overweight. <laughs> so there's no way you'd put me up on one of them you horses. you got a good face and a good body for radio, Tony. <laughs> Joey, what do you think about horse racing out there in Seattle? Isn't Seabiscuit uh, from Seattle? Been... What? Yeah, I'm in Seattle. Oh, is that Seattle Sleuth spy from Seattle? My bad. I'm a... Uh... Yeah, I, I think horse horse racing is definitely a sport. I think the jockeys are definitely athletes. They they, they got to put their bodies through a lot to uh, to to be to be in the in the show in the race. I mean, they're a very exclusive uh, group of athletes because I mean it, it takes some help with genetics. I mean, obviously you got to be like you said about five three. So I mean, if you if you if you're too tall, then you know that that kind of doesn't help your uh, help your case to be a jockey. So it's a very exclusive group. You kind of got to have the right body for it and everything, but uh, but they, they go through uh, just as much training as the horses because they're the ones riding the damn thing. So uh, y- you know they, they go through a lot of it. They go through a lot of the emotions, the ups and downs, all the training. Um, they got to keep their bodies fit and, and ready to go the entire time they're training the horse. Um, and it, there's a lot of thinking. There's a lot of strategy that goes into riding. They, they talked about when Nyquist was racing how. Um, the, the 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 jockey let up just enough on Nyquist just to stay uh, just to pull around one of the horses because he didn't want to get caught on the rail. So if he pulled around, he would pretty much have a straight lane to like kick it into fifth gear um, and turn on the nos on the final straightaway, and, and then he ended up winning the race. And um and so to to kind of go forward with my prediction, I think I think Nyquist. I'm gonna agree with Tony. I think Nyquist will win the Preakness, but when we get to Belmont Stakes, I think. Uh, I think if they're not careful, Exaggerator could end up winning that race. Um, we'll see where Exaggerator, uh, if, if he's going to be at Preakness as well. But uh, he was the only one who came close, but he had to make up a lot of ground. He had to make up a ton of ground on, on Nyquist. So I think if, if, they, if, they play, if their cards get played right, Nyquist will get the triple crown. But um, I'm going to set to say look out for Exaggerator. So for right now, I'm going Nyquist for triple crown. Awesome. Uh, yeah, you know what? I agree with a lot of the stuff you just said, Joe, about the about the jockeys. That's for sure. And, and yes, I do think horse racing is a sport. But it's amazing how many uh, emails we got this week uh, saying the opposite about people ripping on horse racing and saying it's not a sport. We got dozens of them. But um, basically, like you said, I agree with the the fact that yeah, obviously, just like kind of like in the NBA, even though you see some exceptions, you know, it's got to be a certain type of genetic type to be a jockey. But, you know, just like a wrestler or an MMA fighter you know, is making the weight cut and, and getting their bodies ready, you got to do that. And that's a sport. And horses themselves are, if you ever look at a uh, horse run, man, they're ripped, they're fast, they're athletes in themselves. So, yes, it's a sport um, for sure. At the same time, however, I'm not going to lie, jockeys do creep the hell out of me. Um, every one of them, just if you see them get interviewed and they're small, <laughs> they, they just give me the creeps. I'm just being honest. But, I mean, what they do, I'm, they, they do what they do. So, good for them. Uh, 
But as far as the race goes, I mean, I couldn't even claim to, to make a prediction. You just mentioned Exaggerator. I'm sure that he's got a good chance, too. I don't know any of the horses, but uh, I'm just going to have to be, go with the hometown hero or in, in a sense and just pull for Nyquist to just get the damn Triple Crown again. I don't, I, that's all I can really say. Real quick before we get to our tires, two minutes, Tony and Joey both kind of touched on it here. In the Preakness, the second run in the Triple Crown, generally the best horses, that's not the best competition. And that's also that's good for horse racing because then you have all these chances at Triple Crown in the Belmont. But the reason why the Belmont is the hardest race to win out of all three of these is because of how long it is. When Secretariat won it by 31 lengths or whatever, that's absolutely incredible they did it. But the, the reason why I could do it by so many lengths is because the track's so big. It's way bigger. It's almost, I think it's twice as long as the Kentucky Derby or something like that. So what we're going to see here is in the previous we're going to see the best competition. So if Nyquist oh. doesn't blow out the field, you can pretty much predict he's not going to win the Belmont. And you got to check out what kind of strider he is, and then it comes into what kind of turf. But hopefully you guys Google some horse racing this week. Uh, from there, I think we're going to Tigers 2 minutes. Any other thoughts on horse racing, people? Uh, yeah, two quick thoughts. So one reason they like Nyquist so much is because he has raced in uh, a lot of different tracks. So he's he's undefeated on multiple distances. So that's why that's why he was mainly the favorite. And two, um, the owner of Nyquist also owns about seven other horses, I think, that are all named after Red Wings. So he's actually not just a hockey fan. He is legitimately a Red Wings fan. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. he's from Windsor. I think the funniest yeah. quote on uh, horse racing came from Seinfeld when somebody's telling Kramer to bet on a horse, and he's like, "Was well, it going to be rainy?" It's like his mother was a mother, talking about how some horses are known for racing in mud. It's actually kind of a cool sport if you guys want to get into it and look it up. But jo- uh, Joey's just looking for any excuse to fire up some whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> who isn't? But all right, who isn't? Who isn't? Yeah, I was about to say who isn't. All right, I got the clock up. We can start. Tigers, two minutes. Tigers, two right. minutes is starting now. All right, so the Tigers got to end up getting blown out today. Verlander had a great game. It's seven innings pitch, only three hits. Two runs, given up two walks, nine strikeouts, almost got the double digits. Then Mark Lowe, who I can't even believe is still in baseball, came in, had one out, gave up two home runs, five hits, five earned runs, five walks, 7.15 ERA. I don't even want to do the math on the whip. Horrible day. What are you guys thinking about the Tigers? They continue to have the same issues. Poor Poor relief pitching and poor closers. Well, actually, the funny thing is, is their bullpen's been pretty good this season, and their starting pitching's been bad because they have Pelfrey, who everybody goes, "Wait, that guy is still in the major leagues." Of course, same thing can be said for Mark Lowe. So, I don't know. I mean, they're just playing like shit lately. So, hopefully, they can turn it around. But I don't think they're making the playoffs. Yeah, uh, last week we came in, and told you they're in second place in the American League Central. Now they're fourteen and five. I think there's a tweet you wanted to talk about, Frank. Yeah, just real quick. I mean, Verlander tweeted out something after he got bombed uh, in a game. <laughs> he got no. I mean, bombed as in his performance sense. He got crushed in a game. Came out with a tweet like I don't agree with the athletes doing, saying he was going to come back and dominate. You just watch. And then you know, I guess Tony referenced he actually just came out today and got that's maybe lo- another loss. I don't know if it was his fault, but basically. He looks bad. He's got a hot wife. The Tigers don't look so hot. I don't even know enough to claim, but it's still too early to tell. But I don't see them being very special, just gut instincts. I don't see them doing very much going forward. Pretty inter- yeah, pretty interesting considering the moves. And, uh, the, you know, when Ill- Illich made it pretty obvious that he didn't care what they needed to spend. And uh, um, kind of makes you wonder. I mean, did the, did the GM who came in uh, – I mean, I don't know if you really yeah. thought through a lot I think of the maybe moves they're just I think you just started though. spending, man. They did what they had to do and got who they had to get. It's hard to get players in baseball when you've already sold your whole farm system. But, you know, it's yeah. early in the season. It's 29 games in. But Jerry, you kill me with the cliches. I love you to pieces. 
It's over. Thank you. Tiger's two minutes is over. Uh, I believe Tony's paying the bills, and we'll get out of here. Joey, I wish you were here in person, but it was great talking to you again. I hope Beautiful, you have a great boys. Week. And I hope the Hell listeners yeah, have boys. a great week. All right. So, as always, you can find the show on Facebook, facebook.com slash revolutionarysportsfront. You can find us on Twitter, twitter.com slash rsfpodcast. We also have the YouTube channel up now. We don't have any videos posted yet, which I don't know. Send us some emails at uh, revolutionarysportsfront at gmail.com. Tell these guys to put up some YouTube videos. They wanted the channel. Now they're not putting up videos. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. Leave us reviews there. Also, leave a comment on our Facebook or email us. Uh, you're, if you just want to talk to us that way to let us know how you think we're doing. And thank you for listening to the show, and thank you for being a part of the sports revolution. Adios, amigos!